I usually go upstairs and sit in the dark, Max said, her voice flat. Suddenly, I felt sick for the girl. A few seconds later, ashamed for myself. First few nights, I had stayed at my house alone, but there were a few others around in the neighborhood, and I had Teddy to talk to. Plus, the neighborhood had never been busy since there were so many old people living there, so it hadn't looked much different at first. Of course, as I started walking around, I began to see the bodies. Yep, I hadn't run into any of the change since last night. Didn't even know, know they existed until they started shooting at me up on the highway. The reason I felt ashamed was because right after I found Finn McCool, I ran into Xavier, who survived last night, something out of my worst nightmares, working together. And since we were armed and had a giant dog on our side, it could have been much worse. How? One of us could have been alone in, in this house for days, sitting in the dark at night, listening to the house creak, hoping desperately that none of the chains were going to find me. And if that wasn't bad enough, maybe some strange dudes could have come by and found Maxine here alone. I shivered thinking about her all alone in the house, day and night for the last week. I, th I thought about today, finding the old car and picking up Tyler on the bridge. The car had been a great find, but I was pretty sure having Tyler with us was not a good thing. So let's go upstairs, Tyler said, startling me as he appeared out of nowhere. I want to check the back door and the windows first, I said. I just came from the kitchen and locked the doors, Tyler said. The windows are all locked. Doesn't hurt to check again, Xavier said. I'll come with you, Odysseus. Whatever, you're wasting your time, Tyler said. I headed into the kitchen and heard Tyler talking to Max about going upstairs, but I couldn't hear what she said. We found the kitchen door locked, just like, Xavier, just like Tyler said it would be, but one of the windows was open about an inch. Perfect for someone slipping into the house all stealthily. I showed Xavier the window, and we shared a knowing look as Xavier shook his head in disgust, closing the window and flipping the lock. We both knew the windows wouldn't keep out a mob, but we also weren't going to make it easy for anyone to get in by leaving a downstairs window open at night. At least we hear glass breaking if they try to come through the window. Xavier and I spent another couple of minutes testing all the windows and trying to lock the front and basement doors. Then I walked over to one end of the couch and nodded to Xavier, who set his crossbow on the couch before lifting up the other end of the couch so we could carry it over to the front door as a barricade. We put a big leather chair in front of the basement door and took another look around as Tyler and Maxine stared at us. Thanks, guys, Maxine said. Should have done that days ago. You're wasting your time, Tyler said in an annoyed tone. We found one of the windows in the kitchen open. So the, one, so the only one wasting time here is you, Xavier shot back. Let's go upstairs together, he added walking to the banister and waiting for us. Finn hopped up from the blue area rug on the living room floor and was the f first to go upstairs, hurtling up the steps the way he had come down earlier. Upstairs, we stood awkwardly in the dark hallway, unsure of what to do without parents or teachers or coaches to tell us the rules or how it was going to be. No adults, just three teenage boys, a teenage girl, and a dog. Outside, dead bodies were left unburied while roving bands of the chain searched for those who hadn't already died. And I had all kinds of questions about today. What did Xavier see in the office? Where is my mother? What was going on with the screens? What are we going to do tomorrow if we survive the night? I sniffed in the awkward silence, just to make a sound. Finally, Xavier spoke up, as if annoyed he had to be the first one to speak. We need to set a nighttime watch and rotate through the night. That's what Odysseus and I did last night. That's what we need to do tonight. I can take the first watch. Let's go with two hours per watch. We'll stay up here in the hallway on the second floor. Under no circumstances will anyone go downstairs alone until daylight. Understood? I nodded. Since I can't see you, let's hear some verbal assent, Xavier said. Okay, I agree, I said. Okay, I agree, Max said. Sounds good, Tyler said in a purposely bored tone. Then I said, let's hear from Max about the house and anything we need to know. 
Funny creaks we might hear or anything she's dealt with this week. Well, the windows pop really loud. Always have. And sometimes it sounds like a rock hitting them. So you'll hear that tonight at some point. Also, I think people have been walking by at night out in the fields, but I haven't heard anyone real close. I also hadn't given anyone any reason to think I'm here. I keep the flashlights off and, and lay low. She gave a nervous laugh and added, I'm so glad you guys are here. It's been creepy during the day and worse at night. I can't even tell you. Thanks for letting us stay here, as Ava said. I should have asked, but where's your family? I don't know, she said. My dad went to work like he always does and never came back. My brother goes to a little college in Ohio, and I haven't heard from him. No cell phones, landlines, internet, or TV. AM radio is working. Do you have one? I asked. No, Max said. But tomorrow we can look around in the pole building. There could be one there my dad used. Oh, and one more, one important thing. I brought up some water in buckets from the barrels that store rainwater, you know, from the gutters. Then the bathroom. So if you need to use the toilet, just pour the water in when you're done, and it'll flush itself. Right now it's working fine. We kind of all grunted in our approval, and able to nod since it was pitch dark in the hallway. So I'm going to use the bathroom and go sleep in my room. You're welcome to use my brother's room in the spare bedroom. I'd kind of like us not to use my dad's room, if that's okay, Max said. There were grunts of assent. Great, she said, relief in her voice. Which watch do you want me to take up? I can wake Max up, and then Max can wake Yulia up, then Yulia will wake up Tyler. It'll be getting light soon after that, but Tyler can wake me up again for the last shift. Thayer said, remember, two hours. Stay in the hall upstairs, wake me up if you hear anything. Stranger, stranger, you can't stay awake. We can't afford to fall asleep on duty, guys, so stay alert. Yuli, do you think Finn will stay out here with the watch all night? He did last night, I said. Do you have a rug or blanket for Finn to lie on? Sure, help me get the area rug in my dad's room, Max said. We brought it out and put it at the top of the steps. Finn immediately walked over to it, circled it twice, and dropped his long body down with his sigh. His eyes already fixed on the front door. He wouldn't have it any other way, I said, scratching Finn's back. In a few minutes, we had all taken turns using the bathroom while Xavier on the landing for the first watch. I took the brother's room and Tyler claimed the guest room, closing the door without a word or a look for anyone. Before I knew what happened, I was asleep and being woken up to take my two-hour watch. Maxine touched my shoulder and I woke up to see her standing over my bed, her face beautiful and her long hair shimmering in the moonlight. Sorry, she said apologetically, but you're up next. I was barely awake, and she was so pretty, I couldn't think of anything to say, so I sat up. And as she turned to walk out of the room, I mumbled, A week, thanks. She heard me, she didn't say anything. I saw she had leaned at Xavier's crossbow against the bedroom wall, but I slid my arm through the sling of my shotgun and shouldered it, feeling tired. First thing I did was kneel beside Finn and Cole to scratch his ears. Even he looked tired as he flicked his tail once and let out a little sigh. I figured he had resigned himself to keeping watch all night, dozing when he could, allowing his acute senses to alert him of any unusual sound or smell. I crossed my legs and sat with him for a while, rubbing his head and back. Pretty soon, I was getting sleepy, finding myself leaning against him, so I stood up before I began making excuses for why I needed to close my eyes for a few seconds. That can only end in sleeping on duty, and I didn't want to do that to the others who were relying on me to help keep them alive. Turning on a light would make it less spooky in the house, but I think Max had been dead on when she had decided not to turn on any lights each night she had been there alone. A light or two in the window would have acted like a beacon in the otherwise darkened countryside. I don't think I would have been able to hold it together alone for two hours without Finn there for me. Too freaky and lonely in the dark. And Maxine had been right. The house made all kinds of creaks. After a few moments, 
I realized a pop here and a crack there every few minutes kept me uneasy and alert. But there were long stretches when it did get real quiet, and I knew I would have fallen asleep by a fin if I had stayed next to him. His furry body warm and ideal for a pillow. So I leaned against the wall and thought about how just yesterday I had found Finn and met Xavier. I didn't linger much on how often we had run into the changed mob since it was too dark and quiet to bring those images to mind. So I thought about Tyler and how he tried to bully me and take my gun. I thought about how good it felt to tackle him and put him in a full Nelson. Max saw it and I wondered what she thought about it. She was so beautiful. And not just because she was the only girl I'd seen in a week. I thought about the pretty girls in our school and pictured Max's face. Max was pretty no matter who I thought of in comparison. Her cheekbones were amazing. She had a dimple on her left cheek that was just perfect. But the more I thought about her, the more I realized it was how much I admired her courage for staying in the house all alone. She had figured out a way to go unnoticed and had the foresight to collect potable water for the bathroom. No doubt she had thought of other things which she could tell us when she had time to. And through it all, she had been kind. Behind me, I heard a creak and turned to see one of the doors opening. With it came faint moonlight, enough to see Xavier stepping into the hall, a tired smile on his face. Hey, he whispered. I woke up and couldn't go back to sleep again. This house makes a lot of weird noises. Tell me about it, I said in a low voice. Popping and cracking is driving me crazy. But Fimical barely raises an eyebrow when it happens. Well, if he ain't worried, we shouldn't be, Xavier said, sitting down beside Finn and resting a hand on his back. Finn flicked his tail inside, but never lifted his head or took his eyes off the front door. I need to ask you about what you saw in Camp Hill. You know, at my mom's office, I said. Ask away, Xavier said drowsily. Did you see her? I don't think so, but you never showed me your picture. I saw dead people in there, Yuli. I won't lie to you. Terrible stuff I wish I hadn't seen. His voice suddenly thick with emotion. But unless your mother was in her 20s or Asian, I didn't see her in here. That's the truth. Okay, I said. Now tell me about the whole cash register thing and what happened to us in the hoagie shop. We've talked about this stuff already, Yuli. Why talk about it again? Because I still don't get it. What's not to get? Zayra asked, his voice raising. In a hushed voice, I replied, I don't know why we're still okay. I don't know why we're unchanged and why the others changed. The glasses saved me from getting the full brunt of it. And I saved you from the taking the full brunt of it, remember? I knocked you on your ass. I looked down at him and saw him grinning. So I grinned back and sat down next to him. Well, who am I? Timber, I said, cupping my hands like I was yelling. Shh, wake up the others, Xavier said. You're just mad I saved your life by pushing you over, I said. Then I saved yours for the second time, he said. Fair enough. But seriously, what is going on, Xavier? I mean, who's causing all this? That's the million-dollar question. Could be the government, could be a foreign government, could be anarchists, terrorists, I'm not sure. But I am sure they knew what they were doing, and we're going to have to find the truth. I nodded. We sat quietly until a loud crack came from downstairs. Did you notice TMI when we crossed the bridge today, I asked? Xavier nodded. I didn't want to say anything to you, Xavier said. But shutting down a nuclear power plant doesn't happen every day. Whatever this is, it's big. Something still bothers me, I said. You had the glasses on, then you told me to put them on, but Tyler never had them on. How come he hasn't changed? I'm not sure he hasn't, Xavier said. Look at what he did today. We best watch him. I'm about to wake him up so he can relieve me. I'll have to give him my gun. Why do you think I, I couldn't sleep? Once I realized that I started sweating. So here I am, Xavier said. Wake him up together. He can have my crossbow with one arrow. I'd rather give him a broom, I said. Fly swatter would be better. <laughs>